Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend out there? As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get, I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Kalis keeps hitting these home runs, folks. I'm telling you, he is going after the biggest stories and the best interviews in the competition coonhound world. And this week is no different on The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. This episode is called Strike Points, and he sits down with Wes Hamilton and Brett Meyer, and they talk about what it takes to win over $200,000 with a single hound. Halftime Ruby is the all-time money winner. You're going to get the complete story. You're going to hear from Wes and Brett and Josh as they have a great conversation about the truth about making a great coon hound and a winning coon hound. I also want to tell you that I've been hesitant to do this. I wanted to make sure that this was not a fluke. It wasn't a bubble. But for the last two months, every week, we are hitting the number one spot for all sporting dog podcasts in the world. And I only have one thing to say about that, and that's thank you to our listeners. You all have been faithful listeners to this podcast, and it has been so great to be able to look at the charts and see Houndsman XP at the top. And uh, I want to give you an idea 
of how you can ensure that we stay on top. Because I'm, I'm going to ask you for something here. I'm going to ask you for a few things. First thing I, I would ask you to do is go to iTunes. If you're listening to this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts where you, where you listen to this and leave us a review. Uh, it's good to put the stars in there and give us a high rating there. But also, most importantly, is write a line or two. Just, you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for putting out the podcast. You, you know, something short, something sweet. That's that's great. We, we would highly appreciate it. I don't know how the analytics work, but I do know that that helps in our rankings. The other thing that I would ask you to do is shop with our vendors. Uh I always had a policy with this podcast. I have to try things and know that they work and that it's a high quality product before I will put our brand or our label or endorse that product. And none of the sponsors that you hear on this podcast are exempt from that. And I just don't want to be peddling junk to you just so I can make a dollar. Um, so have confidence that if I'm advertising on this podcast for a company or a brand, it is going to be a high quality product that you can trust. The last thing that I would ask for you to do, and this is very big for us, is support us on Patreon. Patreon is a uh, platform that's made up for, for Houndsman XP where the the most dedicated houndsmen in the hunting world have come together to support the Houndsman XP podcast. If you go to houndsmanxp.com and click on the support tab, it will take you to our Patreon page. You can support this show for as little as $1 a week. $1 a week. And that's less money than you're going to spend on a couple cups of coffee throughout the, the month. And what do you get for that $1 a week? You're going to get exclusive discount codes for deep discounts for our sponsor. You are going to be eligible for monthly drawings, semi-annual drawings, annual drawings. I'm talking about thousands of dollars worth of merchandise that our sponsors are providing to us for you, for our Patreon supporters. And it takes money to do this. You've heard live interviews from different locations we all know what what it takes to put gas in a vehicle these days and that helps offset the bills here and keep the lights on keeps this high quality show rolling out for you and there was no other podcast before i started houndsman xp that represented the houndsman lifestyle there just wasn't and that's why i started it and we put our nose to the grindstone and said hey nobody else is talking about this stuff we think that houndsmen need to be represented in the hunting community and we're at the top of the charts now we, we routinely rank above 35 in all hunting podcasts out of thousands of deer hunting podcasts you guys are making this happen you our listeners are hitting that that share button and sharing it with their friends Josh and I were talking at the PKC World Hunt, and there was a truckload of guys, stand, or a group of guys, a group of hunters standing over around, around a truck listening to the Houndsman XP podcast. That is cool. 
I'm just going to say it. That is cool. I never thought that that would have happened. I get messages from across the world where they've heard our podcast, and I am blown away, to say the least. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is truly our privilege to represent you to the hunting world out there. So, guys, I'm going to shut up. The box is blowing up. We got a we got a box shaking strike back here. Got to get the doors open on this old South Dog box. It's time to dump the box. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. Okay. Just right when I tell Wes not to bang things on the table because it makes noise in the mic, he bangs something on the table and makes noise in the mic. There we go. Japers. All right. We are a little loud. Let me tone that down a little bit. There we go. We're here. Yeah, and we are live from the famous woodshed. And this is the uh, truth portion of the Houndsman XP podcast. And I am lucky enough to be joined by Mr. Wes Hamilton and Mr. Brett Myers. Uh, how are you guys today? Very good, very good. Very good. Good. Uh, you guys have seen Wes. He was able to bring Ruby down on the YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out, just go to Big Show Productions on YouTube and you'll see uh, one of the dogs we're getting ready to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, but these guys are the co-owners of Ruby, uh, the winningest dog of all time in PKC. For now, it's getting close. It's getting up there. Yeah, it's, it's getting, getting real there. close. Weed's, weed's making a pretty big push with Z here. But yeah. uh, we're at the woodshed. We're at this $2,500 Pro Classic, so I got these guys cornered and got them to sit down, and we're going to talk about a few things. But uh, first, how we usually start these out is we talk to uh, these handlers, and, and we wonder how they got their start hunting. And uh, what most people don't realize is that all these guys that you read about in the books and stuff, they usually started just like everyone else. I mean, they were out there with their grandparents or their parents, and they were out there with sorry dogs and old vehicles and stuff. I'm assuming you guys were the same way, Wes? Absolutely. Absolutely. I started coon hunting with my stepdad, my mom. My mom coon hunted actually with me, with us every night. I was, as long as I remember, second, third, fourth grade coon hunting, we were we did it all for the hides, you know. I had pretty good dogs, but you know, we killed every coon we seen. Mm-hmm. It didn't, you know, and but I was ate up with it. I remember being third, fourth grade skinning coons the next day, which you know, a lot of people don't realize that's not as easy as the night of. No. Um, but being out there, having them on the clothesline, hanging all my weight I could off of them, you know, and just I just loved it. I loved it from minute one. Uh, it's funny still talking to my mom about coon hunting, you know, and stuff like that. You know, that you know how everybody used to 
holler at them dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, she could holler forever. <laughs> Well, you she know. was probably used to hollering at you boys. Yeah, that's between probably you and your brothers. That, that's <laughs> true too. But and then you, you know you leave old coats out, and find dogs the next day, and just how things have changed is this insanity. It's crazy, yeah. crazy how it's changed. But um, that's pretty because it ain't very many of us that got started with our mother. Oh, my mom know? was crazy about it too. We we just could not as a family school nights. We coon hunted every when when it came hide season. We coon hunted every night, you yeah. know. And uh, well, back when hides are high, that's was, a big check. You know, if you're, killing, if you're killing a lot of coons, skinning a lot of coons, that's a big check. Christmas presents, you know, whatever. Did uh, all your brothers and all them start pretty much the same way? Yeah, pretty much. Everybody, there, there's five of us. Five uh, have five brothers. At one time, we all coon hunted. Yeah, uh, three of us still all have dogs my brother jared you know he has the uh sire to ruby the yep. mule dog and yep. my brother glenn he competition hunts some and um yeah that's that's how it all kind of got started we just you all guys, got into you it guys like all that. started right there in missouri yeah right, there right northwest Gantry. missouri yep. southwest iowa right there yep that's yep. where we all we all started got right into it and yeah i remember a lot of long long nights man out there chasing dogs <laughs> Hmm. What about you, Brett? Where did you get your start? How? <clears throat> uh, basically, when I was uh, uh, I was about fourteen, and there's a bunch of kids in high school that were coon hunting, and and uh, I just tagged along with those, and and uh, uh, it wasn't long, and I had to buy a dog, and and uh, I had a. Uh, there was a black and tan I bought for fifty dollars. A black and tan. Brett Myers started with an old black and tan. An old black and tan, and uh, his name was Ruger, and and we uh, uh, he went back to some of Tam Young's breeding. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, long story short, he had a he had a gimpy leg when I bought him, and and uh, uh, that's the the reason the guy never sold the dog. He was the last one. And he was about four or five months old, whatever he was there, yeah. and, and uh, I end up. Uh, just kept hunting the dog, and he was about 14 months old. He he finally started treeing, and and uh, long story short, we we made him a a grand knight, and and uh, I sold him to Tam Young for five thousand dollars no when kidding. I was 18 years old. <laughs> no. So that was a lot of money then. Yeah, too. it was a ton was of money for of money. an 18 year old kid. So did you buy another dog with that money? <clears throat> uh, no, not at the time. Yeah. I didn't. I uh, I pretty well. Tam had given me a pup out of him, and and I had that had that pup, and and uh, actually got her in in, in the super stakes. I was a, basically my first PKC hunt. I was 19 years old and went down to the PKC super stakes, which back then was just the juniors yep. and senior super yep. stakes. Yep. So I went down to the junior super stakes, and and uh, I drew uh, uh, David Dial, uh, Justin Caldwell. And Ronnie Smith in the late round. No kidding. Now you talk about the who's a who's, and, <laughs> yeah. and a nineteen-year-old yeah. kid learned in a hurry uh, what it was about. But long story short, my dog went out and treed two coons in the late round, treed both coons in the late round, and and won. Um, so I advanced, and then I, I, uh, I made a bad call leading the cast. No way I could lose, <laughs> and I treed my dog for no reason and took a minus and cost me the cast in. Uh, um, that was, I had Ronnie Nickens in that cast and James Love and, and Love ended up winning that cast. Yeah. What, le- what valuable lesson did you learn from that cast, Brett? So, uh, nobody could beat me. I had 150 on a coon 
and my dog went down there and got treated, and I knew she wasn't right, and the judge stirred the stationery on me, and I jumped up and treated my dog just for no reason, yeah, really. Just because of the pressure of the stationery. The pressure of the situation. Yeah. I, I didn't want to let her tree any longer than I had to, and and I treated her, and, and she got down and moved on, and, and I drew that minus, and, and uh, I got beat. I mean, that was just all there was to it. I'll say uh, Brett Myers isn't the kind of guy that you think would make, you know, young Brett Myers maybe, but now yeah. you draw Brett and there's no mistakes. You yeah. know, you don't make very many mistakes in a cast anymore. So. We made several of them, and, and I could go on for days telling you about the <laughs> mistakes I've made in big hunts at a young age that uh, you learn in a hurry. Yeah. You either quit or you learn in a hurry. So, yeah. um, And then from there, I... I uh, uh, Tam actually ended up buying that female back from me after that too, and Ricky Hawkins hunted her some and had some success with her. What was her name? Shania. I think yeah, and, I think I've heard Ricky talk about that dog. And uh, uh, Ronnie, I, I I still remember this day. Ronnie Nixon or Ronnie Smith, excuse me, was the first time I'd ever ever met Ronnie. And and when I struck her that night on the late round, I struck for a hundred and. And when I struck for 100, Ronnie said, Shania, is she as good as she is good looking? And I still can remember that to this <laughs> yeah. day and, and uh, whatever. And then, you know, obviously she looked good. She treated yeah. two coons by herself and, and did a good job. But um, And then I had sold her back to, to Tam. And 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 at the same time, and when I would sold her is, is when I would found out about Half-Breed Jesse is, yeah. is where that all come into play. Um, and so, so basically... Uh, I, I had found Jess and, and Tam was putting, Tam had already, I think had bought half of her before the super stake started. The morning of, yeah. Tam bought half of her. And then, and then, uh, uh, we ended up, uh, Tam ended up buying me out when, when I bought Jess. Then. Yeah. And, and then that's how we got started there. Wes, what did, uh, can you I stop you for a second? Yeah. Did you hear what Brett Meyer said? What? He struck for a hundred. Can, yeah, can you believe? Oh, can you believe? Shocker! Can you believe? Shock, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, Brett's been hunting babbling dogs all his life. <laughs> yeah. He didn't just start here lately. <laughs> that black and tan was striking for a hundred. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, he, he was born for the hundred strike. <laughs> that's right. He'd get a hundred strike with a black and tan. He'd get a hundred strike with anything. That's right. That's what it's all about, right yeah. there. <laughs> it's, it's like I was told a long time ago by uh, Denny Kirby taught me a lot about coon hunting, and he and he told me he said. Uh, 100 points are for striker the absolute freest points there is that's true he says uh, a dog doesn't have to do anything but bark to get points and he yeah. said if they're if they're treed that's a whole different game because they have to stay there and bark they, yeah. that's different than just barking so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're gonna get into that later because i talked to finley and i've talked to uh, Ward and other guys, and we've talked about that hundred strike and what it does and how it does. And you guys obviously have had a lot of success with it. I obviously have not because all my crap freaking strikes for a quarter every time you turn it loose, and that about beat me in the early round last night. Yeah, that crap he beat me with last night. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Josh real quick. He, he he wants to beat me, and then he wants me to sit down and talk about it the next day. Yeah, and then I didn't it. I didn't bring it up yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean I was gonna work my way into it slowly. Yeah, I didn't want to just, just start it right then. But yeah. anyway, so Wes, you were. Hide hunting with your mom and your brothers and everything. When did you start competition hunting? So, I was about six, eight, and seventh grade. So basketball was everything. My mm-hmm. uh, my stepdad and uh, my mom split up probably about fifth grade. So I got away from dogs for a little while, and I can kind of go back to 
listening to Jason talk about got in a lot of trouble, got yeah. in trouble. But the one thing I, you know, I, I always, Jason didn't know what beef cows was. I knew what beef cows was. <laughs> I got in trouble around beef cows. That's a promise. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, just <clears throat> when I got 16, my brother Jared, which he's a preacher, and then the, I'm far from a preacher. <laughs> you know? I remember when I first met Jared, and you told me that Jared was a preacher, and I said, he's your brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's my brother. I said, and he's a preacher. He said, yeah. I said, okay, if you say so. So I think I was 14 or 15. It was my 15th birthday, I think, I'd, or maybe my 16th. I was getting close to getting a driver's license. but And uh, he came up with this. you remember the stylish digger dog? Mm-hmm. That Terry, he, somebody gave him a young dog off stylish digger, and uh, he he gave it to me. We named it Whiskey. It had ringworm all over it. Yeah. That's why they gave it to him. Never could get that ringworm off of him. But it's just one of them deals first night we turned him loose to Teresa Coon. I mean, just like. Piece of cake. Nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So got back into it, and then we was going to go competition hunt. And then there were some guys around. We started doing some UKC competition hunt. It felt like I just went right into winning. And then I was, I was just nuts about it. I'd. I'd Mom said, I'd, heck, I'd steal gas. To, I'd drive off gas stations <laughs> to go to a damn coon hunt, UKC coon hunt, to win a plaque. I, I'd do anything. It so, did. like Jason was addicted to other things, you were addicted to going to coon hunts. Go, I got addicted to it bad. I remember my dad, uh, he rented me a little duplex to stay in there and said, you know, school's a couple blocks away. Go there to school, and I'll be six states away. And, yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't went, well. went went to school real often. Coon hunted every night, um, and uh, we uh, he'd come back, and I had a bank account, I had I had to write checks on, and he came back that one time. I'd been going to all these coon hunts, and I'd wrote about twenty five hundred dollars worth of bad checks he had to cover, <laughs> and he he thought I was buying drugs, but I was really just writing checks to go to coon hunts. But I'd been all over the state, I'd taken this. You, this dang dog, this UKC hunting. Well, Brett, this is the guy you're partnered with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I've heard a lot of stories yeah, yeah. after the fact. <laughs> I'd been, I'd been all over, you know, going to these coon hunts. But yeah, but my brother, my brother Jared, you know, so he he's a straight shooter, you know. So I I was running around with this dog he gave me, and he's hearing all these things about me, and and uh, I think he threatened to take that dog away from me numerous times but thank goodness he never did because yeah. it, it's hard telling where i would have ended up you know without a dog but had a lot of fun with that that dog he was, he was off that old stylish digger dog but he was he was a good hound that's kind of how it got started for me it's just into that and i say you got into the ukc hunts you weren't getting no gas money back or no nothing, nothing but it didn't matter you were just yeah. ate up about it when you were rolling and, and i got in the pkc hunts there too about the same time like 2004 five i think yeah. i became a member and we were going to some then and got hooked up with some guys you know but the smaller hunts were big hunts then you yeah. know every every hunt was a big hunt then. Yeah. every cast win was important when you first get started yeah the biggest change for me when it came to competition hunt was just actually where i lived at and the people i got to associate with i i had moved up there by russ's cabin and just went pleasure hunting with russ myers a few times and then got into that hunt and actually i was telling this story last night that i i got to i remember the first year i was there i guided thought that was like the biggest thing yeah. here i am the russ meyer invitational i mean that was the 
cast me out, and I got to guide. I think the next year I judged. Might have guided two years or something. Next year, judge. The next year I was going to judge, too. Well, that's a thousand bucks, man, yeah. judge, dude. Yep. I thought we was rolling, you know. I, I was bucks. I was always just impressed, like, if I got invited to come over and eat. Yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> I was excited. I was like, wow, I get to go over and hang out with those guys. Well, it was like a $2,500 meal on, like, yeah. Friday night. You yeah. know, I mean, who the heck even knew that was possible, have a $2,500 meal at that and time. If, but For the folks that are listening that don't know, the Russ Meyer Invitational was the original $6,500 Pro Classic. I mean, we have them now. We have four of those a year. We have $2,500 Pro Classics everywhere, 16 dogs, huge payouts. But when that started, that was unheard of. I mean... That when someone told me they were paying six thousand five hundred dollars for an entry fee, for more than every dog I'd ever owned was worth in my life, and they were just paying that for an entry fee, I was blown away, and I thought, well, that'll never work. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter: boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment, dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whoo! They have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. Two years later. Think they had 10 or 11 years yep. before anybody else ever even thought of having that. Yep. You know what I mean? Nobody else. And, and uh, it was a lot of fun, but that's what I was getting at is, so it would have been uh, probably my third or fourth year there. I judged, and then I was judging again. It was the third night, and I was hunting dogs for Russ. I got this dog. I was getting tracks ready for yep. him. And uh, we also had Smoky Mountain Ann, and uh, we hadn't hunted. Ann had been in heat or something. We hadn't hunted in like five weeks. And Don Dunlap, I don't know if you, you know, people know that Dunlap's know that Don's tough as a bull. Yep. He gets kidney stones on the third night. And he's evidently pretty bad because he goes to the hospital. So Russ buys one night entry for him, and we're just the way Russ was. He was always surprising you with something, but he uh, he just announces me as I'm like I'm judging a cast, but he announces me in the cast. I don't even know what's going on hunting in. Yeah, I go out and get lucky as you could possibly get. <laughs> I mean the early round. Beat like that Jeff Rickless and Al Nunneman, and I mean you couldn't have got no more lucky. Go out on the late round. It's m- me versus Russ now, so now we're not partners no yep. more. We're yep. enemies, you know. And that's the way Russ was. And we go out in this place, and I strike the first dog barks, and uh, which Ann would bark. She was a barker, but all these dogs pile in this hole, and. Northwest Missouri, you're planning on treating a lot of coons, especially yeah. up by Russ's. They all pile in this hole, and I got no bell tree on it. Just treat me. I'm just this young, dumb kid, yeah. don't know nothing. But 
Treat me. We go in there, I got 200. Everybody's wanting to lead out of this hole. I get down on this old bank. I start digging in this hole. About five minutes gone. I dig it out enough that there's a coon right there. Get 200. We never treat another coon the rest of the really? night. Went, went, <laughs> that was the first time I won 20,000. Yeah. You know, you talk about walking up to Russ's the next, or going up to Russ's the next day and getting him to cut me that check that next day. Little he know he was gonna have to do that several mornings after that because yep. he never got a chance to get me out of that hunt after that year. I was in it every year and I I lived for that. But that was that's what got me into all these hunts like this is just that that hunt because I seen how it worked. You know, yeah. I like I like it where you got to I, I like it either you're crying when you go home and you're worried about you better get your booty to work yep. the next week. Or, or you went home with some real money. I, I like the stakes to be high. You know what I mean? That's what I like, and I like it to a couple, two, three-day hunts, good. And um, But, yeah, that's... I uh, just like them because they're so drama-free. Yep. And they're so worry-free. I mean, last night we are in the late round with my brother and George Major, and it doesn't get any more drama-free than that. I guarantee <laughs> you know? I mean, guarantee it. Was it. Just, yeah. It's just fun. It's a lot more fun. It is, <laughs> for sure. And they... Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a high level of competition. Yeah. Everybody's gonna have their dog ready. Nobody's coming here with with a dog out of shape. You and when you I mean? do when you do win, you really beat some good dogs. Yep. It ain't like you beat two dogs that were decent and one that was, shouldn't have been there in the first place or nothing. I mean, these you're not drawing any junk. I mean, these are all good dogs. Every dog's beatable. Yeah. And and that's why you see a lot of these dogs at this level taking turns winning. Yep. Because they're all pretty good dogs. But if you can get a dog that really makes a run, you got something. Well, yeah, because you make a run here where you're cashing $6,500 checks, $6,000 checks in four casts in a row, as opposed to $300 checks, four casts in a row. Yep. You definitely you definitely do got something if you can uh, get something to yeah. make, keep making runs at it. Brett, you mentioned... Uh, you got out of the black and tan breed with Clay and Tam. They'd bought you out on everything. And you said something about half-breed Jesse. Tell me about half-breed <coughs> Jesse and how she's into Because for those that don't know, how many four-wheelers have your dogs won? Uh, I think we're up to number 11 now. How many pro hunts have they won up there, around here, anywhere? Uh, pro hunts? Yeah. Um, I guess just myself, I've won one pro hunt yeah, but with, with Ruby. Actually, it was how yeah. I met with Wes. And so, because, I mean, the UKC four-wheeler hunts, and then you won some of those, right? How many four-wheelers did you win at those? So, AKC, my very first four-wheeler yeah. hunt was AKC, and I won. Because, I mean, you guys could start a Honda dealership or whatever with all the frickin' four-wheelers you won. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> most, of them are, most of them are Polaris. But no, whatever. We'll go with it. <laughs> Polaris, Polaris yeah, dealership. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, AKC was the, was the first one that I had won. Um, they were the original one and, and actually it was Jerry Mall and, and Steve Fielder yep, when they were yep, just starting the AKC yep. thing. Um, so, so I won, uh, I know I, I had the Pete dog and I won back to back with Pete. Um, and then I believe Monster was my next one to win one in, in 2011. And I was actually in the finals. I had two dogs in the finals that year and, and, uh, um, uh, my, uh, Pete, Pete, I went to handle Pete, and and Gomer Brad Messersmith went yeah. was the judge, and and he he said you have your dog, and I said yes, and and the they they were standing up on a levee, and and I had a hold of my dog, and 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 when I had a hold of him, the coon jumped out of the tree, 
you know, basically before time start, yeah. uh, shine time started and and uh, the coon run off and I never yeah. got it scored. Otherwise, we could have called him three-peat, but, yeah. but uh, Monster was setting back treed the other way and, and Monster ended up having a coon to win. And, and so... Um, how so many that, how many state championships? Uh, so I won ten of those. Yeah. Um, so ten and, state championships, a pro hunt, numerous other pro hunt final fours, and because it's not like you're in the coon hunting hotbed way up there. No, no, you it's know, definitely it's, a definitely a long yeah, ways. I mean, from, it's a long ways from everywhere well, to get to a coon. Yeah, hunt. Yeah, long ways know? from the heart of things. There's yeah, no I mean, doubt there. And so, all these dogs that you're breeding. And we want to talk about some of the breeders too. And of course, you're, you've had a lot of success, but a lot of them. Do all of them go back to Jesse? Uh, all my dogs? Yeah. No, no, not all of them, but, but I mean, a lot of them. A do. high percentage of yeah. them do. What? Uh, just tell me about how did it start? Where'd you get them? What What do you like about those as opposed to everything else, and so on and so forth? Oh, you know, I don't know. I guess it's if uh, uh, you know, they're just winning eleven four wheelers. One reason yeah, to like them, I guess. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they, hundred strike, yeah, hundred strike. Right. Yeah, that's that's the key right there. Um, you know, they're just. I don't. know. I like an action style dog. I mean, I, I the the more bark, the better for me. Um, I always said if if I uh, if if I didn't have a a dog bark and I I. I'd have to uh, hunt beside a pond because <laughs> because I want to hear frogs chirp or something <laughs> yeah. going on. I don't want a dog out there where I don't know if they're hunting or doing something. If they're barking to me, they're doing something. Yeah. But um, everybody's got their opinions on that and whatever. But I like a dog that can run a track good and bark good and and tree good. I, I like a good tree dog. and um, You know, they don't have to have a blow-down mouth. I'm not a huge type on the mouth thing. And just a dog that's good enough to hear is good yeah. enough for me. Um, but they have to have coons. I, I, my biggest things on on these dogs is I was kind of the same way with Wes. We, you know, we we hide hunted and, and we killed coons. And I skipped wrestling practice. I actually quit wrestling because of coon hunting and and uh, because it was right during hide season and mm-hmm. I wanted to kill coons and and uh, we did a lot of it. And and uh, if the dog wasn't good enough to be a hide dog, it, it didn't live at my house very long. And see, that's just, what I think. A lot of these people think that. We're scoring points off circle trees, and we're doing this, and these dogs aren't accurate. But everybody wants an accurate dog. you got to have an accurate dog, or you're not going to compete at this level. I'd like to draw them dogs that don't have coons. Yeah, cause. I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. I seem to always draw them ones that have them coons, so it's, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. But I guess bad luck on the draw, I guess. But So when you're breeding these dogs, and, and they're all half-breed something, which the most of them are... They don't have, I mean, a lot of them have some blue tick and some stuff in them, but I mean, did you, did you do that on purpose or did you just not care? <clears throat> well, Denny Kirby's the one that, that actually takes the, needs to take the credit for the breeding of, of Jesse. You know, yeah. he, he was, he had, he had that, he had bought a, a female from a pup from, from Jim Samples out in Ohio and it was uh, the world champion Emma female. Yep. Um, it was a double, double cloverbred female, and he'd bred it to the blue tick monster dog that he's got that goes back to the, the trader dog that come from Tennessee yeah. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he did he did that, and I've, you know, just kind of took over on just breeding Jess and whatever yeah. after that. And, um, you know, I just, I don't really know where to go with it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just <clears> not. It's not common. I mean, most of they're either walkers or they're blue ticks or this stuff. And you guys have kind of made a name with the crossbreed. And, of course, like you said, Dennis has a lot to do with that. 
But from what I've noticed about them, you can always tell something that's out of Brett's stuff. You know, when you draw it, you know, it's going to leave, it's going to bark plenty. It's going to move around good. It's going to have its coon. It's going to be hard to beat. I mean, really, they are just, they're hard to freaking beat sometimes. Well, and typically, yes. In, you know, I mean, these dogs usually do well in coons, you know. And, I mean, a perfect example, just look at last night. The two out of the three dogs in the finals last night up here was obviously a dog that uh, is out of uh, Trader and yeah. whatever, which obviously most people know Trader's got some half-breed Jesse yeah. in him. And, yeah. and, then, uh, and then obviously the salt is a younger sister's ruby, you know. So yeah. two out of three were in the finals out of the dogs that are down here. But you know? two, so, two completely different track styles yeah. i mean that's it yeah because it, it, i wonder where like you look at your stuff and the trader stuff and they're bred very similar <clears> i mean <throat> these are pretty similarly bred dogs uh-huh. and the trader dogs are known for not barking on the ground i mean i struck last on however many drops we made on two casts last night i mean they don't strike good salt left she got struck for a hundred you know she's a pretty good strike dog i wonder why i wonder what in there what's in there that makes the trader dog so quiet and the root or the meyer stuff so vocal well i'll just give you my opinion i don't know if that's it's, what we want i don't know if well, it's right or not but, but i'll probably make somebody mad but that's all right uh, to me uh the trader dogs have more nocturnal nailer yeah. stuff in them and and a lot of the nailer dogs i've I've witnessed, and I'm not saying they're all like that, but a lot of the ones I've witnessed are lower strike yeah. dogs, more of a get treed style of dog. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like salt is, is you know, out of pepper, and, and, and pepper was a, a female that went back to, um, she was a female I bought after uh, Tess had died. Yep. I mean, yep. and uh, um, pepper was a, a good strike dog type and she was out of mike mike gilbert's doctor female and yep. or doctor dog and and some of that so just they're they're close there's no doubt yeah, they're close they are, they're just they're bred just a little bit just different. a little bit and that little bit makes a difference sometimes i wish yours was a little quieter sometimes i wish mine was a little noisier <laughs> yeah i hear you there <laughs> maybe it's got to do with the, the owners maybe the more the owners talk the, the less the dogs say. Maybe it's Finley's deal. Yeah, we'll have to get Finley's, Finley's coming on next week. He'll be able to give a rebuttal. Yeah, I'll yeah. Get that going. Hear that going. That'll get him fired up. Oh right? yeah. <clears throat> so you guys got together with Ruby, and most of the guys that are listening to this are gonna know who Ruby is. But what's Ruby's earnings up to now? Oh, we're just getting back at it. I think it's like two twenty-two. Something like that. Two hundred and twenty-two thousand, and just in PKC, yeah. plus some, however many thousands of dollars in non-sanctioned stuff in CHKC. Yeah. I think last time we talked, she'd won over three hundred grand total. Yeah, probably somewhere right in there. I would say, yeah, she's won. You know, we have this woodshed. We have one woodshed hunt down here that's non-sanctioned. We have in the spring. The invitational, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's done well there. This, you know, she's won several there. CHKC, we really didn't go to too much of CHKC, but she's. Yeah, I think just mainly just some, you know, we won the Russ Meyer hunt. Yeah. The, the last year, the Russ Meyer hunt, got in there with it. You know, that felt good because I was hunting for Russ. I'd been hunting for Russ, and I wanted to buy. I I hunted with uh, Ruby. Didn't you, didn't you try to get Russ to I buy? tried. Yeah, and I he tried, I tried, I tried. I tried. You think you proved your point now? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think I think I did, especially when I went through that last that last gig there. 
and um yeah definitely i I was after ruby from the first time i ever seen her go you know but and she was like 14 16 that finals that pro hunt yeah probably 20 months old or so yeah she was pretty young and i was after and it actually took about a year and a half or so to get her bought probably yeah Yeah. probably was a year and a half or so to get her to get they get the deal done and we went jump through all kinds of loops but it it was good though because i ruby would have been the first dog that I became a partnership on that start hunting for myself, and I I don't think I could ever go back for hunting for the public, you know, yeah. or hunting hunting for somebody. It's just a different deal. You got more, and there ain't nothing wrong with it any way you want to do it. But when you're out here, you're laying your own money down, and it can heat you up too. Mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about that. I think when we did that video, yep. but. Um, Man, we went down to Mississippi and we laid seventy five hundred down and and we got whacked out all three nights. And I came back and I was that's a long ride home from Mississippi to Nebraska. We'll be right back after we get this quick word from our sponsor. Check out Dogs Are Treat at dogsartreat.com. And if you go to their website at checkout and enter the code HXP twenty percent off you will get 20% off of your entire order on all of their branded products. Leashes, tie-outs, medical kits, paws are protected. Build your pack from the ground up and support a fellow houndsman that supports your lifestyle. Enter the code HXP20% off at checkout. Go to their website today at dogsartree.com. Houndsman XP is very proud of our partnership with the organization Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters is a nonprofit organization that takes America's veterans hunting from field to field, from the battlefield to a field near you when you volunteer your time to take America's warriors hunting with you and your hounds. It's easy. Go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the partnership tab and it will take you to Freedom Hunters. You can go direct to their website to make donations at freedomhunters.org. Support America's heroes. Let's pay it back. Visit Freedom Hunters at freedomhunters.org or go to houndsmanxp.com and you can find them on our website from field to field. Well, and, people uh, people see this and they don't understand. They think we're all rolling up here in Cadillacs, and yeah. we're all millionaires, and we're you, know, you guys are just a couple working guys that have a good dog. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. It ain't like we're we're rolling in the dough over here. Hey, I paid five thousand dollars for half a ruby, and that didn't see you know right now it don't seem like a lot. Yeah. But I can promise you, I didn't have five thousand and one in my account when I went up there <laughs> to go get her. You know, I can guarantee that was that was all I had. I. I remember robbing Peter to pay Paul on a job to get this yeah. dog. You know what I mean? I mean, um, went and collected a check, cashed a check, went and got the dog. That's exactly what happened. And uh, got her in. But we luckily, it was just a lot of people don't realize there's very few of this. There's not a lot of profit in this dog. You're talking about there's been very few dogs, but Ruby's one that, you know, so far, knock on wood here, that she's actually made money coon hunting, yeah. you know, especially with pups and everything else. I mean, this dog has, uh, you could go on forever. I mean, she just, she, 
Zach McBee always says when he comes up to her, he tries to pull her tail and see if $100 fall out, you know. <laughs> he just believes that's the way it works with her, you know. Well, and we're lucky enough because that wouldn't have been able to be done 20 years ago. No. You couldn't get a dog. You couldn't pay a bunch of money, and you couldn't go on the road, and you couldn't make a living at it, or you couldn't even make a profit at it. You're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky to have these hunts and the economy and the coon hunting world the way it is to where we can actually do this and even if you break even you know i figure i figure me and jed with rain at these pro classics break even and we're doing pretty well just to do that i mean i make money because i get half and i don't have any expenses (laughs) yeah but i figure jed's probably about breaking even you know paying on all these entries and stuff and just to be able to break even is we're lucky you better keep winning. Yeah, I know. I, I don't keep winning. He's going he's gonna to yank that <laughs> bank account out from underneath me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, how much has changed since? Like, Brett, you're talking, you've been in it for a long time, too, and you're way up north, and so you're you're kind of got to travel and stuff, too, so that eats up some money, too. But how's it changed since you guys first started doing this? Oh, there's no doubt. It's an expensive <clears throat> expensive hobby, a hobbit, hobby. There's no doubt. It's just... Uh, um, <clears throat> I guess my biggest thing is the dog has to cover its entry fee. Yeah. To me, a dog's not worth hauling if they can't cover their entry fee. So I don't worry about, I don't expect someone to pay for the full ride, you know, as far as the gas, the motels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, but that dog has to cover those entry fees to, for me to haul it, I yeah. guess is my, my big thing on it. But, um, I mean, I guess I'm kind of the same a little different you know obviously i don't work for anybody handling dogs or doing anything like that and and i don't want to i've i've never felt the need that i wanted to do that i i enjoy going to a coon hunt mm-hmm. i always felt that was a job i don't want a job yep. like that so um that's just you know every every hobby costs money don't matter if you're going boating or snowmobiling or whatever it is most most of those deals are expensive and and uh you just hope to a dog can kind of float its own way and i anymore they can you know you get a good oh, yeah. one you get they a good one good. They, can. Yep. Yeah. they gotta be good what uh you had all the success with ruby you guys were partnered how long ago on ruby i think it'll be six years coming yeah, this january years, yeah. it doesn't so. seem that long it doesn't seem like ruby should be that old yeah she just turned nine um, yeah the 30th this week yeah, yeah thursday, thursday here yeah so you guys partnered on her six years ago and if i remember correctly immediately went to making money with her because wasn't it right before the russ meyer hunt that well, you got her bought yeah it, it was uh did we go to the super stakes super first? stakes is the first that's hunt, right the first hunt you took i her took to. her to a chkc hunt down in oklahoma the first one we went to and went snowed down there and i got in the semifinals of that and then and then we went out there and we got uh we got in the final three of the super stakes and i'm getting third and then uh, went to the Russ. Tell that hunt. tell that semifinal. We, that was on the video, but I, I wanted everybody that's listening to the podcast to listen to this too. Tell me about the semifinals of Super Stakes with Ruby. Uh, we drew a boy from Oklahoma, and uh, he's probably still mad about it. But if this I is, wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> this is a head-to-head cast. Head-to-head, head-to-head cast. cast. I actually drew a head-to-head cast. It was a weird deal. There was two three-dog casts and a head-to-head cast, and the uh, it actually been the quarterfinals because then the, I had to hunt another yeah. round late. Yeah, it was one of them deals that you wasn't right in the semi. It was actually a quarterfinals what it was, but we go out and we turn out by this lake and I I've got all of a sudden I've got like four hundred I don't I'm four hundred down four hundred fifty <laughs> points down 
And this boy is guiding us. He's cut us in the wrong spot. He's literally cut us on a lake where they can't go nowhere. But this boy, this other boy's dog tree's a coon there. And we got one hour left. And uh, Cody Stallard actually is judging. And we uh, we cut these dogs loose. And this other guy, I mean, he's gonna all he's got to do is play safety, you know. Not last hour, she trees five coons. <laughs> Five, five, five coons. It scores a thousand plus, and then, and I mean, this guy, I, I could just tell every, you know, first coon, I don't think he trees on, you know, or whatever. The second one, maybe he takes a quarter. I don't remember how it all played out, but I just know it was five coons, and every time his dog would be there, whatever, and cut loose like seven minutes left, and then if his covers, I believe, it, he can still win. Yeah, the one time his don't cover, I believe they're that. Uh, they they get split and then I got another coon and it was it was five coons for a thousand plus. I would still be mad if I was him. Too. <laughs> yeah, I would probably is <laughs> right there will make you puke. Oh yeah, yeah he uh, it, it wasn't it was a very awkward situation. It was just it, but it was just it, that's what she can do. Yeah, she's the best dog I've ever seen set before. Treating coons off coons. There's not there's not a better dog I've ever seen. That's what the first thing I seen in her when she was young. Uh, tree and coons off of coons. It's that is what it's all about. If if you can if you can scorch a coon out of the truck and you get her flicked loose, if there's another one a tree, another one a tree, another one a tree, if she's tree and coons, you can't beat her. No, and she's one of when Ruby wants to go tree coons and you put her in a position where she can. That's probably the hardest dog to beat on the planet that I've seen. Yeah, she I mean can. when she's on t- when she's on her game and she's at her best. I don't think there's anything you can do with her. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But the hard part is to keep one on its game. And you guys have been pretty good about where you take Ruby and how you put her in a position to succeed. And so, I mean, you guys don't go to every hunt. No. No, try not to. Yeah. I mean, try so, not to. So where do you, how do you do that? I mean, how do you decide where to take Ruby and how do you decide where she's going to do well? I, it's, I think we're still learning at it, honestly. Uh, well, you better hurry up. She's nine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, she's got four or five more years, don't <laughs> yeah, she? I, I hope so. Hope, I hope yeah. so. Hoping so. That's what I'm uh, thinking. Gosh, try to put her where there's coons at. You know what I mean? I don't think she's – she's she'll tree a coon anywhere. She's a smart dog. She, she can figure it out. But I think her best odds are if you go where you're going to tree coons. And, and, that, and that's what I like to do. I don't – I'm not for going to a coon hunt where you don't treat coons. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but you know, putting her somewhere where 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 you're going to treat coons. You know, that's what she does well is treat coons. So that's I think a lot of it. And I think, um, you know, the pro classic style has worked well for. You know what I mean? She's a female. You know, not all females, but a lot of females don't hold up like male dogs. No. You know what I mean? Uh, Physically, mentally, they hold up better. Yeah, but yep. physically, it doesn't seem like no, they do, especially doesn't. if they've had litters of pups. Yeah, it seems and it like, ain't like you're just you spade this dog and go win money with her either. No, how many litters she had now? She and this credit needs to go to Brett, but she's had three litters. We bred her to Big D, and and she had eight pups. They all lived. Yeah, we bred her to Bay Country. She had twelve pups. They all lived, and then we just bred her to Zach B's Wipeout Hunter dog. Has twelve pups. They all live. Yeah. Every every one of them was sold at that place, uh, and that credit goes to Brett. He's the he's the pup master wizard. But uh, but she she does her part too. I mean, she does. She's good. But I'm um, just for that to happen there, 
it's hard telling the money she's made just in selling pups. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's definitely broke some records as far as that. She's made more money selling pups than a lot of stud dogs ever dreamed of. Her pups are winning too. Yeah, uh, they I have. see Ruby D. Is yep. she was she in at the pro sport hunt last night? Yeah, she's in now. Yep. Yeah, she's, she's in, in at the pro sport hunt. The star female that you got, yep. she won quite a bit last year here down here at the woodshed. Yep. This spring. This spring. Oh, yeah, this spring. Yeah, that's yep. right. I was down here with duds. I remember that. That's how sorry my spring was. I was still hunting duds at this stupid thing last year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she's reproduced pretty well. Yeah, both know. litters that are old enough to hunt have, have both had dogs yeah. out of them, you know, and uh, that that are showing promise, you know. The country boy dog of Tim Scott's was just yeah. in the top 100 of the world and the Super Stakes both. And, and Ruby the, D was in top 100, too. Yeah, yeah. and then what about, there was one of the big country male bups that Lane Denny had. I guess that was a good dog. Where'd he end up? He's, he, he's, he's at our house. You want to buy oh, him? Is he? No, I do not. Okay. Well, he's well I don't style. know. How much is he? <laughs> <laughs> his strike for 100. Well, I don't know. Right. Man. We, we, don't, we can't have one that'll strike for 100. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Ruby's done her part. She's done her part in the woods. She's done her part in the stud pen. What do you guys got coming up behind her? I mean, she is nine years old. You know, what you guys got coming up, you know, and waiting in the wings? It's looking like a sore subject looking toward <laughs> last night. <laughs> well, I didn't hunt a pup out of her last night, but um, so we got the star female, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and then I've got, we've got three of them hunter pups at my house. So one way or another, I'm going to try to make something. How bark, old are, bark how up old are they now? Uh, they were born June 13th, so whatever, three and a half months yeah, old or so. They ain't so. Got... They're little guys yet, but... We'll see how, how uh, if we can make one of them bark for a hundred or not. <laughs> what do you look? What do you look for in your pups? You know, if you if say there's three of them pups out there and they're all pretty similar, but there's one one trait that you like better than the rest. Yeah, one that strikes. <laughs> but, no, I don't know. You know, I've I've you know obviously I've trained a few of these pups and whatever over the years and. To me, if you just all you got to do is take them to the woods, and yeah. most of them figure it out, you know. If but it, it's consistently going to the woods weekly. You can't. It, I've never seen anybody have success with a dog that they take a puppy that they take to the woods once every three weeks. Yeah. You have to take them weekly to the woods. Some of them figure it out, some of them don't. Most of them figure it out to the point they'll tree a coon. Now I'm not saying they're all winners or anything like that, but that's another um, thing people don't understand is that. Going to turning a dog loose and it striking a coon track and treeing a raccoon is not that big a deal. No, you know we 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 get rid of those all the time. I yeah. mean we that's not a hard deal. I mean these dogs all tree coons by themselves and stuff, but you're looking for something extra. Yep. You know, and so is there any like one trait that uh, is an absolute no go? Like you see that dog and over there, other than it don't bark on the ground. I guess my biggest thing is. I, which most of most of these dogs that I have, you know, have the go hunting thing. Yeah. You know, I I don't like a lazy dog. No. They absolutely can't be lazy for me. I just they get to lay around all day and I got to go to work, so they uh, they better go do something. Yeah. And you can tell when they're lazy early. The winner just walked in. Oh yeah. Your big brother. Yeah, big brother. I think, it, I think big his brother chest just, is a lot bigger. Big brother just came strutting in. Yeah, he did. Six thousand dollars richer. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Take me out again, little brother." Yeah. Take yeah. me out again. Hey, hey, big brother. We splitting tonight if we get in. <laughs> oh, he says no. He says no. I'm pro split tonight. Uh, too easy. That's too easy. All right, the crowd's showing up. Uh. We're going to get to sit down with you guys again some more. We're going to shut this off and maybe grab some meat. I guess grab something to eat. I smell that food cooking over there. 
But uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, good luck tonight at the woodshed. Good luck in the future with Ruby and your young dogs. And uh, we'll get back after it later and maybe get together this season and do some hunting or something like that. So Sounds good. Thanks for having us, Josh. All right. Yep, thank you, sir. Thank appreciate you, you. And that is Brett Myers and Wes Hamilton, and this is The Truth. <laughs>